hello, and welcome. This is the Real Football Podcast. I'm your host, Lenny, a.k.a. Lenny Wheels, because <laughs> I'm the god of the squad rack. I, I feel like we've been over this before. Leg day, Lenny, god of the squad rack, Zeus. You know what it is. I make it happen in the gym, especially on leg day. That squad rack knows my name very well, each and every syllable, even though there's only two syllables. Um, yes, and I'm back. Uh, welcome. This is the Real Football co- Football Podcast. Yes, and I'm doing a little bit of a, a preseason series or a preseason start series. Uh, I, I I don't give a flying fuck about friendlies. Um, let's just get that out out of the way. So I haven't been watching any of the friendly games. Maybe a highlight or two here or there. Um, oh, that's cool. This person scored. Oh, that's nice. This person missed. Um, all those sorts of things. That's that's all fun and games. But I only really like to ta- pay attention when the games matter. Uh, and the games only really start to matter next weekend. Next weekend is when the Premier League begins. And I am doing a little bit of a series on the top six teams um, in the Premier League, doing a little bit of a... a where they've been, what's been happening this past uh, off-season, and then what should we look forward to going forward um, from these teams. And today's topic, today's focus is on Chelsea, Chelsea Football Club, a.k.a. Chaos FC. These guys have been all over the show. Uh, They've run through manager after manager um, in the past couple of years, ever since... The whole situation with Russia and Ukraine and then the UK government kind of forced Roman Abramovich to sell. I don't think he wanted to sell. He for, you know, speak, say what you will about the guy. He really, really loved Chelsea. He, I don't know if he still loves Chelsea. He probably does, but he really loved that, that passion project of his when he dumped hundreds of millions in back in the early 2000s um, to create them to essentially elevate them to the highest level in the in in England um, multiple times as well as winning the Champions League that was obviously his crowning achievements from 2012 and 2021 um, and then he had to sell and it's been absolute turmoil don't get me wrong it was turmoil under Abramovich because the guy was trigger happy he would fire coaches left right and center even if they were their all-time greatest coach RIP to Jose Mourinho's Chelsea uh, relations but this is a different level Todd Bowley and the lads these guys have had uh, absolute turmoil because sure there would be turmoil with the managers but not amongst the well yes of course that sort of culture would seep into the dressing room where player power would play a massive role even though um I'm pretty sure Didier, Didier Drogba and John Terry were the managers when they won the, their first ever Champions League. So that's neither here nor there. Shout out to Roberto Di Matteo. Um, <laughs> uh, that's neither here nor there. But these guys, it, it, it's been chaos. Um, so many players coming in um, in the summer window of 2022 as well as the winter window. The winter window was really the one that kind of showed that, okay, Chelsea, there's no real direction. They're just doing whatever the fuck they want to do, giving players seven-year contracts, eight-year contracts. Um, so many young players, they, I think they spent something like 700, 600, 700 million euros or pounds in 
in such a short amount of time um, on something like 12, 13 players, just ridiculousness, ridiculousness. Um, and they started the season with Tommy T, Thomas Tuchel, who really, really guided them through what could have been a really tumultuous season. He guided them really well. He got them to two finals, to two domestic finals. They lost on both times 0-0 on penalties to Liverpool. Um, and he got them top four. So he got them Champions League. He did the best that he could with a bad situation. We felt as though he... he the Lukaku thing didn't really work out. So... He, he he was further away from the finished product that he wanted in terms of his system and so on and so forth. Um, they were defensively solid for a while, especially when he first got there. But the the biggest issue with that team is that they couldn't score goals. Kai Havertz being up there couldn't score goals. Um, none of the number nine situations solutions that they tried to bring in could score goals. Obama Yang came in. I knew that it was going to go poorly. Couldn't score goals. Um, and Tommy T and Todd Bowley apparently didn't get along. Um, Tommy T got the sack. They bring in Graham Potter. I've, I really thought Graham Potter would be a really good manager if they gave him time. Did they give him time? Of fucking course not. It's Chelsea. Um, but not only that, they brought in Graham Potter and then they bring in something like seven players in January, including, uh, I don't think it was a world, uh, not a world record fee, but a massive gargantuan fee for Enzo Fernandez, who's looked the part, but he, he's, he's been amongst a, a really poor situation there um, in the team for Chelsea. Uh, they were terrible all season, absolutely shockingly bad. I remember the season where Jose Mourinho got uh, the sack in between Chelsea's two title-winning seasons, um, and they were awful then. I think they were worse last season. They were probably much worse last season. They were absolutely awful um, all season. Really, really embarrassing results. They were losing at home like nothing. Um, they couldn't score goals to save their life. Uh, that probably the worst Chelsea team I've ever seen um, in terms of my, maybe even my life. Yeah, because I only really started watching football in 2001, 2002, around that time. So is seeing that's easily the worst Chelsea team, Chelsea team that I've ever seen um, results-wise. They got rid of Graham Potter. They brought in seven new players. Um... They got rid of Graham Potter, uh, and then they brought in, I believe, Frankie Frank Lampard. He was just as bad as Graham Potter, um, and then eventually they did bring in. Uh, it got announced towards the end of the season that Potch is coming to Chelsea. Big stab in the back <laughs> to Spurs, but uh, they they seem to do they do each other dirty, quite dirty uh, there in London. Those London big teams they. They don't give a fuck. Think of Saul Campbell. Um, yeah, think of Saul Campbell. Think of all the players who have gone from Chelsea to Arsenal and Arsenal to Chelsea. They they don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's the wild, wild west there. Uh, you don't see that kind of thing uh, between the Liverpool teams. You don't see that kind of thing between the Manchester teams unless you're Carlos Tevez. Anyways, Chelsea... Now, with all the, like, that's a lot of incomings, a whole lot of incomings, um, mid-season, turmoil, 
turmoil on the pitch, turmoil in terms of managerial changes left, right, and center. Eventually, a bad season ends for them, and Poch is in now, and so expectations are anywhere. Um, absolutely anywhere. We have no idea what this Chelsea team is going to look like this season. Um, to rattle off on some of the some of the team, some of the players who have left this team um, in this summer window, uh, and and you might want to get a pen, pen and paints, pen and paper out for this because this is a long fucking list. N'Golo Kante, he won the league and Premier League. He won the league and Champions League with Chelsea. Koulibaly, he, he, terrible signing. Um, He did not work for one second. I don't know if he had a good game for Chelsea. Um, Pulisic, really, he was probably overhyped because of the American media just overhyping this guy. He came into a team. He never really got a run in the team. Um, he's he's a talented football player, but I don't think Chelsea is the sort of environment that's best for him. I think he's better at a place. I think he is going to Milan. So if he can lock down a starting position there, I think he, he'll his talent will show, and he's still kind of young. Um, Kovacic, great servant for them. He won the Champions League. I believe he was still around when they won the league. Maybe I don't. I'm not entirely sure uh, on that one. But he, he he was a great servant. Kai Havertz, um, going to Arsenal. Speaking of uh, London teams not giving a fuck who they sell their players to, he's going to Arsenal for a fat fee. For a fat fee. Um, and I think they must count them must count their lucky stars that they can get rid of him for for such a low amount of uh money in comparison to what his market value would really be like because he he played as a number nine uh, uh, for Chelsea for quite a long time. He's clearly not a number nine he he clearly can't finish those chances he he's a number ten through and through um and I think he will find a little bit of uh, joy in Arteta's system as long as he doesn't have to play as the number nine like he had to do in the Community Shield a few hours ago. Anyways, um, Mason Mount, who was Mr. Chelsea, he could have been the next Frank Lampard for them. Um, I rate him very highly. I, I was pretty happy when I saw the rumors that we were interested in terms of like Liverpool were interested with him um, in bringing him to Anfield. Um, he has gone to United. I don't like that, but it's for a fat fee. It's for a fat fee. I mean, Kai Havertz and Mason Mount cost over a hundred million, a hundred and twenty-five million pounds in terms of transfer income. So they they spent what six hundred, seven hundred million um, last year, basically, and they're recouping. Chelsea sold really well. Chelsea sell really, really well. And that's a lot of money off of the wage bill as well. So there is that. Um, this list isn't even finished. Uh, we've got Edward Mendy who got hot for a quick second from nowhere. He phenomenal player for about a season and a half. And then boom, just he just fell off a cliff to the point where Kepa... Kepa was back in the team towards the end of the season. It's just ridiculous. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who I don't think he... 
He's never showed me why he should be a Chelsea player. He's going to Milan. Maybe he might be better in Serie A. We'll see. I will actually watch Serie A this season. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, Asper Lequeta, who's been a fantastic servant for the team. Um, he's been an, a staple. He was a staple at right back, um, as well as the right-sided centre-back of a, a back three in the later years. Um, he won a lot of trophies. I think he's won everything there is to win. For Chelsea, I don't think Chelsea have won the League Cup recently, so maybe not. But he's won a lot of trophies for Chelsea. Great servant for them. And then Obama Yang, who was a terrible idea from the beginning. Obama Yang. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's 10 first-team players. Some of them, guys like N'Golo Kante, Aspilicueta, Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, Kovacic, uh, Mendy. Those are six, I mean... Those guys could have all started. Uh, I think all of those guys started in the Champions League final two years ago. And so all of them are gone. That's that's a major, major overhaul. And Chelsea's incomings didn't even finish there. They brought in Gungu from RB, RB Leipzig. I think he'll be a fantastic player for them. If Poch can foster some kind of stability in this. What I'm saying about Nkunku is the exact same of literally any of the newer signings. They brought in Tissasi from uh, Liga, uh, the French League. Um, a centre-back, I don't know anything about him. They brought in a striker named Jackson, don't know anything about him. And they brought in Sanchez from Brighton, the goalkeeper. So they brought in composition for Kepa. I think that's a really good move. Nkunku, I think he's a very, really, really talented player. He's, he has shown in the Champions League in the Bundesliga for Leipzig that he's a phenomenal player, really, really talented. If he's in that number 10 role where he can kind of drift and do what he needs to do, um, he can get a lot of goals. Really, really good player. Um, Jackson, good luck on that number nine curse because that thing has, has crippled many a striker. Good fucking luck, my guy. Because you, you and Chelsea are going to need it. The last competent striker for uh, Chelsea was Diego Costa. Think about that. Think about that. <laughs> the last competent striker for Chelsea Football Club was Diego Costa. Somehow, someway, those guys still won the Champions League in between him and now. Somehow, someway. Ridiculous stuff. Um, that's why I really rate Mason Mount. Uh, Mason Mount... Um, Kovacic especially he's gone to Man City I think he'll be a great replacement for Gundogan I don't think he'll get enough goals but this isn't I'll get into that later on um, so the amount of turmoil and chaos when it comes to Chaos FC um, living up to their nickname is ridiculous it's, it's really difficult for me to predict where these guys are going to be because they were really consistent or I can't say really consistent, but you knew what you were going to get under Thomas Tuchel. Defensively solid, um, if not boring football, um, and just toothless strikers. You, you knew that was that was what they were going to be. He led them to the Champions League uh, trophy um, in that first initial run. They were defensively fantastic, and they just worked out how to beat Man City. Last season, they weren't as good. Well, actually, last season, they were an absolute... Well, sorry, not last season. So that was 2021 season, 21-22. They weren't as defensively solid. They still had striker issues. They still had 
um, issues putting the ball in the back of the net. Lukaku didn't work for them. Right now they're working on getting rid of Lukaku and bringing in um, Vlahovic from Juventus in a swap deal kind of situation. Vlahovic, if he, you know, when you look on paper, this Chelsea team, especially, uh, you can you can get a really good starting eleven. You've got Ruben Loftus Cheek. You've, um, sorry, you've got um, uh, Ben Chilwell. You've got Reese James. You've got uh, Wesley Fofana, uh, who I think he might have done as ACL. So that's a really really tough one. But you've got um, Badia Shield. You've got this new Desasi guy. You've got um, centre back, and you've got Thiago Silva still knocking around. You've got Enzo Fernandez in there. You've got um, Madueke, who looked a little bit interesting. He, he looked like he had something about him playing on the wing. Um, you have Nkunku in there. You, If you can get in Vlahovic, you, you've got the makings of a team there. You've got the makings of a decent squad. Um, you've got uh, this uh, Caldwell kid who won the under-19, under-21 Euros uh, for England who there's big things being said about him. So there's a lot of talented young players. It remains to be seen. It remains to be seen what kind of system Poch implements there. If he is, he's going to play his four, two, three, one. Um, does he have the personnel to play that four, two, three, one? Uh, are the, I mean, geez, thinking about all the players who, who I mentioned, who are still in the team, and all the players who are gone, it's just turmoil. It kind of feels like, and kind of feels like one of those. And unfortunately, this might be because of the Todd Bowley coming in and trying to play a manager for some fucking reason, um, play sporting director for some reason. Um, kind of feels like and uh, watching an NFL roster because the amount of players who change who change teams on a percentage basis of the overall squad season in season out is wild the player turnover is ridiculous in these american sports you see it in nba you see it in nfl i'm pretty sure you see it in mlb all of those ridiculous stuff um and which isn't nearly as prevalent in football usually you'll see four or five outgoings four or five incomings and that's that's kind of where we're at whereas with Chelsea man you, you're seeing that's essentially 11 players if they can get rid of Lukaku as well not to mention all their loan players and all the you know those those their loan army man that that whoever works in the transfer department has been putting in over time those guys have been working non-fucking-stop, day in, day out, for probably a year and a half now, because, jeez, my word. Oh, that's a lot of players. Uh, I'm not even sure who's left. I mean, of course, you've got Enzo Fernandez. You've got a lot of these guys. You've got uh, Mudrik, who who knows if he's even a flop or not. Um You've got a lot of players who they spend a lot of money on, put on big wages over long periods of time. It's going to be so interesting to see what happens with Chelsea this season. Um, I think they're going to be an absolute dark horse. Um, not necessarily a dark horse in terms of, in terms of the league title. It's just we have no idea what these guys are going to look like, and the 
fundamental thing I think for for Chelsea here is that is Poch is is Pochettino I know his stock has really dropped since he's left the Premier League because when he left it it kind of made sense it was like okay geez you know he did everything he could with the Spurs team Spurs are gonna Spurs so on and so forth I think his his stock has plummeted a little bit after going to PSG and PSG is probably a, a, a black hole in terms of in terms of uh achievements because either you go there and win the Champions League and you're the greatest thing since sliced bread but not really because you're you're helping the team whose wage bill is 10 times bigger than the rest of the league's wage bill either you're doing that or you go there and you don't succeed and geez how could you not succeed um when even guys like Carlo Ancelotti couldn't could succeed there and I think Poch is kind of He's stuck in that, whereby he he went there, he didn't win the league, uh, the Champions League, which is their ultimate goal, and his reputation has kind of suffered since. Um, so it, it's gonna be really, really interesting. There's too many unknowns. There's way too many unknowns. Who knows? This is the kind of thing where it could click. And if Man City, who I, I am kind of predicting them, I'm going to predict them to have a poor season in comparison to the, obviously to last season, you don't win the treble every year. Um, I think they'll have a, an off season and someone else will win the league. Um, it could somehow, somewhere, if everything just clicks perfectly, it could be Chelsea. Or, or they could realistically finish 10th again so there's there is no i have no idea we don't know what these teams are going to look like i don't know what their starting 11 is going to look like when we go to the bridge next sun next sunday i don't know I, I have no idea i have no idea who who's the captain i don't know i actually have no idea who the captain of chelsea football club is right now um it was Asper Lequeta for a long time. Um, guys like N'Golo Kante, captain material. You would have looked at a guy like Mason Mount and groomed him over time, kind of like how we're doing with uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold over at Liverpool to be like, okay, you, you've come through the system. You've been you're a Chelsea boy through and through. We're going to groom you to become captain in the same mold as John Terry and so on and so forth. And so that's... I, I have no idea. I, I assume actually that Thiago Silva will probably be captain, um, but he's he's not going to be there five years from now. So it's <laughs> I say that. However, is literally anyone in that Chelsea squad going to be there five years from now? If Todd Bowley and the lads continue in the same fashion, where they spend a whole lot and they sell for a whole lot. They continue to do this kind of topsy-turvy NFL-style approach to player management and to, to squad building. Then none of these guys are going to be there five years from now. Not Poch, not uh, whoever the technical director is right now. None of them are going to be there five years from now. And it doesn't matter what happens today. Because as we have seen, you can win the Champions League and be fired a year from now. At Chelsea. I think we've seen that twice, actually. <laughs>
Uh, Chaos FC, Chaos FC. Um, so considering how many unknowns there are, who do we like? W- what constitutes a good season for Chelsea? Where do we place our expectations with them? I have no idea. That level of squad overhaul in a short amount of time, it usually doesn't work in this sport. This sport is not one for tremendous upheaval in a short amount of time. It just doesn't work that way. So I'm definitely veering towards the negative. I think a great season, if they get champion, if they get top four, I think Poch is a fucking genius. Unless there's absolute shenanigans happening elsewhere in the league. But if Chelsea offer the merit of Poch's tactical ingenuity um, and he, he can input, imprint a, a system where they play reasonably attractive football because that Spurs team, they play really attractive football with Dali Ali and Harry Kane and Son and uh, Dembele and Christian Eriksen. They were a really, really good team, really, really attractive football that they played. If he can implement a system like that, as well as get them top four, wow, what a season. What a season. I'd be clap. I think he might deserve manager of the season kind of situation. So I think if they can get top four, full marks. Um, Bad case scenario for them. And obviously, how could you not think of the bad case scenario? This is Chaos FC, and these guys have shown us very recently that they can fall completely off the boil is that none of these signings um, really work out. Your Ngungus, like, you know, guys get injuries, so on and so forth, and they could finish ninth, 10th again, 11th, 12th, even worse. So, yeah, Chelsea are, uh, I have no idea. I, I, I'm pretty convinced with the other top six teams um and oh there's another really important factor i believe that going into the season it's going to be top five gets champions league now so it's no longer the race for four it's going to be the race for five so i do i see a reality where chelsea definitely finish top four five i still think it'll be a good season if they finish top five because it's no longer really just the top six it's newcastle as well and we can't discount them i mean they're going to be playing champions league this season so i could see i think a good season regardless of anything is if chelsea finish in it with a champions league place going into the following season if that happens i think they've they've had a great season because they're not going to have europe um no europe so they just have the domestic competitions and the league um considering how weird chelsea is i could see potch coming in and pulling an antonio conte and winning the league from him yeah um and if this was any other club i'd say that it's ridiculous if this was um yeah, if this was any other league, I would say that's ridiculous. But I've we've literally seen Chelsea do this in the past 10 years. Uh, finish 10th and then win the league. <laughs> chaos, chaos, chaos. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to put some thought into where I'm going to place them in terms of my, seasons, my season predictions at the end of the transfer window. Because these guys, I... I have no fucking clue. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be watching them very, very closely in the first couple of weeks. They probably, um, I might watch them 
as closely as I watch Liverpool um, over the next, the first month or so. Because, yeah, these guys, I don't know what's going on. Anyways, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, days and thems, Chelsea are wrapped up, Liverpool are wrapped up. I'm going to be working on some more. So stay tuned. Um, yeah, very much looking forward to the season. Uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, days and thems, I hope you have a magnificent day whenever this podcast reaches your ears. And take care.